Hi, you're listening to Delusional Optimism with Dr. B, where we explore human resiliency and learn how people thrive even after adversity. We break down the complexities of the human brain so concepts are simple and relatable. It's fun and empowering to understand how your earliest experiences influence your relationships today. What makes you tick? Dr. B is a speaker, trainer, and consultant who understands emotions and human development from the inside out. Let's dive into today's episode. Here's Dr. B. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the new podcast, Delusional Optimism with Dr. B, and resilience, of course. This episode is called Rising to the Occasion of Resilience. If you're interested in furthering this conversation, please email me at contact at drbconnections.com. Or if you want to book a training or learn more about me, go to my website at www.drbconnections.com. This episode was recorded on June 26th during a Facebook Live series. Without further ado, let's kick it over to the episode. We have you here. Let's just get started. Today is Friday. Thank goodness it's another Friday. And it is June 26, 2020. I can't believe it. And you're here with delusional optimism for the first time. And it wouldn't be right if I didn't kick off delusional optimism without resilience as the first topic. So I'm going to share a little bit more about myself but then we'll dig deeper into resilience. So I am a developmentalist at heart and I'm a humanist. What does that even mean? It means that I trust the body and the mind to develop through maturation. That's what development is and to grow naturally. So I believe that kids and babies and people just develop on a on a typical natural progression and we don't really need to interfere with that. Of course we need to support it, but we don't need to interfere with it. We're not going to stop a baby from learning how to walk unless we pretty much, you know, cage them. So <clears throat> now of course we enhance the process by infusing protective factors into our society to maximize the operating system of the of the human of the baby. So we're we we contribute by building protective factors into their growth and development. So I'm also a humanist. I love Carl Rogers and Carl Rogers theory is really based on three core concepts. And those core concepts I feel are really my personal core concepts, like I'm a Rogerian. They're empathy, unconditional positive regard, and congruence. So you've heard me talk before about micro emotions. That's really what congruence is. It's when I say something that you read in my face that what I say is what I mean, that I'm matching. I'm not saying really sad things while I'm smiling and acting, you know, in a different one, sending a different message with my face. Carl Rogers was a client-centered therapist, psychologist, who developed this theory and believed that growth happened when people could be held in congruence with empathy, and then they were provided unconditional positive regard. That's that loving, unconditional feeling that we have towards babies and other people 
where they can just be who they are and we're going to love them. And that, I, I too, believe is so important when people are growing and changing and developing. So I talk about these things a lot and how they are seen and experienced in natural settings and across the whole lifespan. So even though I'm a baby person at heart, you know, because it all begins in babyhood and and I just, I love that. But the truth is that growth and change can happen across the lifespan. It's a lot easier when we start at the beginning with good tools and resources, but we can also continue to make changes on ourselves and help others change throughout life. So with science, anthropology, pediatrics, child development, social science, cultural studies, these have all contributed to our understanding of the human experience. And one process that stands the test of time is resilience and the ability to overcome adversity and really to overcome trauma in some cases. People suffer terrible, terrible injuries emotionally and physically. They have losses of death and abandonment. They are treated unfairly and unjustly. And, you know, the list goes on and on. I could never explain all the trauma and adversity that people face in their lives because it is as diverse as humanity. However, what we do know from science and research is that if we focus on protective factors, and there are so many of those in the first three years of life, by especially ensuring attachment, attunement, and loving relationships, we set the stage for resilience. So babies are born vulnerable. I've said this before. It's said in the research, there's just no, no way around. You just look at a newborn baby and you say, all you see is vulnerability. But when someone loves you through your weakest moments, you become invincible. This is what I love about Emmy Werner's book, Vulnerable But Invincible, because she uses two incredibly dichotomous words to express the same person. We start our lives incredibly vulnerable, but we have the potential to be completely invincible. And I think we're seeing that in our lives right now, that people are living up to their invincibility and their resilience and being I'm done. I'm moving. This is, we are moving forward and doing things better. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Again, I still share that I'm scared and I'm, and I'm worried and, and I feel pain for just the whole, the situation that we're in, but I'm, but I'm glad that we're changing. We need to be doing things differently. All of us, every single one of us, regardless of skin color particularly whites, we need to use our power and privilege to change what we are now unearthing that the black community and African-Americans in this country have known for centuries that we are just learning. And I talked about it in another episode where we really need to sit and tolerate our own pain and recognize our own contributions to those atrocities and let other people lead us lead us through and out of that and into new solutions. So this is so important and really it's so simple, meaning 
Resilience is so critical, and yet at, at its just most basic bones, it's very simple. And we have to keep it in the forefront of our minds. Remember, empathy, unconditional positive regard, and congruence. So what does congruence mean on another level? It means being seen. When somebody thinks about you when you're not in their presence right in front of their face, that's congruence. That's being seen. It's being thought about. It's being valued outside the immediate presence of your being. When we approach our relationships with these kinds of things in mind, then first we totally set the stage for children to grow into strong, loving, resilient adults. And I'm going to add happy adults because whenever, and I've done this for decades now, when I ask parents, what do they want for their children when they grow up? Nobody ever says to me, like the first thing that people say is not, oh, I were they a Harvard education or a good education. Nobody says that. That's never the first thing that people say. Oh, I really want them to be wealthy and have lots of money. Oh, I want them to be the CEO of a big company. Nobody says that. People always say the same thing, a version of, go ahead, type it in the chat box. I know you know what the answer is. What do you want for your children when they grow up? Parents say they want their children to be happy, to be happy and to be healthy. They always say that. Now, do they still want them to maybe have an education? Absolutely. Do they think maybe they'll be happy if they have a job at the top of a company? Maybe so. But nobody ever, ever leads with those things. They lead with happy and healthy. And I agree. That's exactly where I sit, too. Because really your education and your wealth and your prosperity and what you do with your passion is so much more about you as an individual person than it is about your parents. Like most, most of us didn't follow in the passion that our parents wanted us to follow. And we followed, we found our own passion and that's the gift that our parents can help support. So <clears throat> this is what most parents want, people want. Their children to be happy and decent, good people and healthy people. So what do we do? We also build, we build our work environments, our community systems, our medical systems, our educational systems, our policies and our practices to focus on these same things. Back to empathy, congruence, and unconditional positive regard. When we build our systems based on the same kinds of values that we have in our families, then we create a, a more resilient community and environment and society and humanity. I hope that makes sense. But that's when we start with the inner circle of our family and then we expand out, then we have captured everyone. When we focus on the same thing so our families are being reinforced by the broader community, then innovation comes from resilience. Now, because we aren't afraid to take risks and fail, we try new things. Education could change. Here's one of the changes that I, I think we could make a lovely shift to 
is taking us away from so much of the ABCs towards innovation and implementation of ideas. And we would then have a more productive, creative, and happy society and population. Now let's think about it. Innovation comes from resiliency because you can't do something new that's scary or take an, a risk without having the ability to tolerate the consequences or tolerate failing. So I'm a huge fan of education becoming all about innovation because really that is what education is about. It's about learning new things, trying them out, seeing what works and expanding on them and making better and more new things. When COVID-19 hit, remember when we didn't have enough ventilators and car manufacturing industries became ventilator manufacturing industry or companies? Like that's phenomenal. And we need all of our people in all of our society to be able to be those kinds of thinkers that can jump from, oh my goodness, we have a need to help all of our people together and do something different. So of course people still are gonna learn how to read and still how to learn, still are gonna learn how to do math, but clearly our history has failed us. I mean, I, I still am reeling from the failure of my sugar-coated history that I have completely at a, a level of a PhD medical degree have had such a lack of historical history that's accurate around Native Americans, Africans and African Americans and slavery and a variety of other groups as well. Like I'm still a little rattled and undone about that and feel like I'm having to redo all of my education in that particular arena because it was, it was failed in my education system. And I believe that it's failed in most education systems. So <clears throat> As you do know, if you've ever heard me before, you know that I love rose-colored glasses. And that's why my podcast is called Delusional Optimism. But ironically, the acronym for delusional optimism is DO, D-O. Delusional optimism isn't just thinking about what we do to make the world a better place. It's about doing things. And I, there's another episode coming down the pike about Optimism is also activism because you can't be optimistic if you don't do things differently or do things to make things different. So we're always going to have a more fragile layer of our population. There's always going to be people who do not get early nurturing, who suffer extreme trauma and have unreparable consequences from that those experiences or who are born with developmental disabilities and differences and that we need to provide more resources towards. Because one of the things, fairness isn't about everybody getting the same thing. Fairness is about everybody getting what they need. And when we build society based on resilience and people are getting what they need, then we actually have more economic resources to utilize to support the populations that need more support without feeling like 
we have now this, oh, suffering from helping everybody. We're going to, everybody's going to get what they need. There's not, you know, the saying less is more is absolutely true. Less is more. When we do all the things that we need to do on the front end, we use fewer resources. So we have more in order to share the wealth. That's the whole concept of how resiliency works and why that phrase is a thing. So, but a lot of people don't believe that. They believe that if the pie, if somebody takes a piece of the pie and they don't get a piece of the pie, then they're getting less than everybody else. But that's a flawed way of thinking about the world. And it certainly doesn't lead to the one thing that everybody can pretty much agree on is what do they want for their children and what do we want for ourselves because we're somebody's children is to be happy. When you feel like people are always taking from you, you can't be happy. And it's not accurate. It's just, it just isn't. So, <clears throat> all right. However, when we start addressing resiliency as a trait, not a state, then we're left with more resources for those with more needs. So when I say state and trait, what I mean is we want to build resiliency into as a trait of a person's character, and that starts in infancy. We build resiliency into somebody's constitution by providing loving, unconditional relationships, empathy, healthy communication uh, strategies. Like we talk to babies, we help them problem solve, we help them uh, be purposeful. You know, if they crawl across the floor to get a ball, yeah, that it works. It's They're successful because then that says, oh, when you start college, you can really finish it. It's translatable, which is so cool. And um, so we build resiliency and is something that starts in your babyhood and it carries you through your lifetime as a trait that you have. It's not a state of mind that only appears when something bad happens. That would be like, oh, somebody passed away and I'm so sad about this loss. And now I have to pull for my resilience to go through the grieving process and move forward. That would be a state. And we only pull on our resilience when we're in a moment of adversity or trauma. That does not maximize our use of this super powerful, invincible quality that we can all build into humanity as a trait. So <clears throat> I wanted to kick off delusional optimism by painting with a broad stroke some details about who I am, how I think, and why I know that we can grow a more resilient population. That's why I do this, to share tidbits of information, usually fairly complex ideas, and try to break them down into usable ideas for raising children, for having healthier relationships with our partners and our family and our siblings and our friends, by having better communication skills, being clear so we can be congruent, we say what we mean and we mean what we say, by giving people the opportunity to see how personal growth and change can happen. And it's okay to be, you know, wrong about stuff and that we can still 
recognize, wow, I'm really flawed in my thinking in that area because I didn't have all the information that I needed. And now when you get some more information or you meet new people who help you understand something from a different perspective, then it broadens your understanding. And that's what personal growth and change is. And it's good. It's okay. It makes you a strong, compassionate person, not a weak, ignorant person. So we want to have growth and change and learning across the lifespan. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. I love you. Have a great afternoon and weekend, and I will see you on the flip side. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I appreciate the opportunity to connect with you. If you're interested in booking a training, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at my website, Dr. B Connections. There's a big button that says, book a training with Dr. B. It's that easy. If this show has been beneficial for you, please share it with your friends and family. Spreading the word about the show helps us grow our audience and helps continue to change the world together. Again, thanks so much for listening to Delusional Optimism. Now, go leave a life print.